0: camera noise i'm stefan i'm in denver uh, this is maddie and
1: i'm uh, in
0: cincinnati he sure is um yep. we were just talking about some movies and we have music in the budget now yes that was my major laser impression <laughs> oh, good. i like it <laughs> um so maddie and i today both had the day off in our respective locations and decided to go check out Keanu, the Key and Peel film. Um, what do you got to say about Keanu? Uh,
1: I, I was te- a, a co-worker saw it and was like, oh, you got to go see it. And I was like, all right, I'm, I'm very interested to see what these guys would do with like a, a bigger budget from their television show. And I haven't watched like every episode they've ever done, but I've caught a couple and I enjoy what they do. But I never thought I would see an adorable action movie.
2: <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> uh, just like the cats fucking adorable i love every yeah. scene with the kitty cat in it um I, I mean i liked it i laughed at a lot of stuff uh i wasn't like totally sold on it as a cohesive yeah. like how long is that movie probably like an hour and so many minutes yeah uh i just felt like their their like their moment when they really hit those moments were great and they're really funny but I felt like there was just so like, I don't know if the story was really there or if it should have just been like a 30, 40 minute sketch or something. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, and I mean, I enjoyed it and I'm, I'm glad that those guys got a movie and they just based it around the cat that is basically the plot point for the entire yeah. movie, yeah. which is hilarious. And then they get Keanu Reeves to come in in a dream sequence and do the voice of the cat, which is just, and then he makes a Bill and Ted uh, reference, which is yeah. great and they yeah. don't get it. And, uh, you know, uh, I also, I mean, the George Michael stuff was funny, but I was just like, you guys play, have played this up too much. Yeah. Like, I just don't care. Yeah. I don't care. And, and, I mean, I don't know, for their first outing into the film, like the big film world, I thought it was a solid effort. I mean, if you're kind of in the mood for something a little ridiculous and weird, especially with all the superhero stuff, and I know... A lot of people don't get down with that as much as yeah. the super house crew and me and you. And yeah, it's a good alternative to just go see something a little different that, you know, it is uh, an interesting
0: experience. <laughs>
1: yeah. And uh, I'm gen-
0: generally-
1: oh, uh, no, just saying there's not a lot of movies where the, where a cat is like the main character, yeah, like a live yeah. cat. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. The- I, I, had thought, cool, I had a so. thought. I had a thought to myself at one point. I was just like, "Man, this cat is, is a good actor. Like, they really have a lot of good shit with this cat, where he's like running r- running through like the action music is playing, and they got yeah. the slow mo shots of the cat like running all triumphantly. You really like yeah. the one. The one good. The one good thing. Uh, not the one good thing. I I had a few belly laughs. You know, I didn't love it at yeah. all. Um, but I love those guys and I was just like, this is stupid. This is silly. <laughs> you know, actually now that I'm like, when I was in there, uh, there wasn't a whole lot of people in the theater when I was watching it. So there wasn't a whole lot of like belly laughs, but I kept like, there were little things to me. I feel like, I feel like there's probably a bunch of really funny shit in that film to yeah. those guys. I bet when they watch oh, yeah. it back, they're like dying, but it's just, uh, you know, it's little things like my, my favorite um is is Keegan out of the two just cuz he he does that shit in the background where you can like something's happening on screen but there you could still hear his voice like yeah. doing something in the bathroom like jesus man come on you know shit like that and you just kind of hear him yeah. and he, like i don't know he just something about his persona and he really wouldn't i mean when he was doing the being like the hardcore thug impression yeah. like I, I, part of me wishes the movie was even more over the top. Like I wish they went weirder with it almost. Yeah. It seems like, it seems like they relied too much on, on playing around with convent, the conventions of action movies with, without it being as funny. I just, I, I kind of like their show. Um I really, I really love their show. I don't think I've watched all of it, but I've watched like, how many seasons were there? I've watched most of it. I've watched a ton of like it. Like three or four, right? I, yeah, I used to just binge watch it continually late at night and super stoned. You know, it's like it's a really good stoner comedy. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, I kind of wish they had. I kind of wish they had more of themselves playing other characters. Um, and, yeah. And and they do that. They play these two characters that are kind of like the MacGuffin of the movie, like the thing that kind of kicks everything off. Um, but they don't really express how much range they have in terms of the characters that they've already played. It's always kind of the same joke, but I feel like playing the same kind of thing, like where uh, Jordan Peele would just be like, "Uh Oh, what is this happening right now? And then Keegan would be like, man, you know, it kept kept being that same kind of thing over and over.
1: I, uh, yeah, I totally get it. I just, I I don't know. I mean, who knows what that original script was actually like, you know, and, uh, like what they had to just draw back for like a big budget. You know, I mean, you, I mean, I feel like we all know at this point, like studios get involved and things change. Yeah. I'd
0: Um, like to, uh, I, I like the, the, I like how they started off just like, you know, it's an obvious play off of, um, John Wick, Yeah, you know, kind of the, the whole setup for it. I bet the idea came from exactly from them watching, John wick. So it seems like there's actually moments in the film where you kind of are getting a little peek into just hanging out with these guys for like an hour and a half. Yeah. Which is cool because they, (laughs) they, the best shit in that movie is when they're just like, I don't know, I don't know, it's a fucking movie, I don't know. We we know that these characters are like one-offs, but when I think about it, I was like, man, they have to live the rest of their lives contemplating the fact that they've murdered people at this point, or a handful of people. <laughs>
2: yeah. You know, well, and it's just like,
0: but yeah. <laughs> but the way it comes off is just so like, yeah, we're killing people, it's our movie. And it's just like, that's great, you know, to me. <laughs> yeah, one of my favorite moments
1: is, is when like, the... Uh, Bill- love interest i guess and the movie is like uh, arrests uh one of the characters and he's like yeah. you're right yeah we did kill people i mean there's got to be repercussions <laughs> you know, uh, there's, there, there's in the movie that are just great uh i just wanted yeah. to say uh, method Man is great in this movie and i didn't realize he had like the, he has a pretty good rage in this movie of being like the gangster dude you know he can be too yeah you know like it's just kind of funny to watch him um there's one moment where uh, Method Man is petting the little kitten in it, and the kitten uh. falls asleep, and it's fucking adorable. Like, I don't <laughs> think they meant for the kitten to fall asleep, but it is literally passed down his arms, and it's probably the weakest I've ever seen Method Man. Um, I noticed But that it was adorable.
0: Because like, you see that shot, for I know exactly the moment you're talking about. You see that instance yeah. where, like, Method Man's delivering a line, but you could tell he's, like, so happy because he's got, like, a cute little animal in his hand. Yeah. It's like, it's not what you think traditionally when you think about the Wu-Tang Clan, you know?
1: Yeah, I think uh, for the most part, I mean, I didn't like regret spending the money I spent on it. I mean, movies are fairly, ex- I mean, I think I paid like 10 mm. 75 So at this point in Cincinnati, it's like almost 11 bucks to see a movie at, on, yeah. at 7 o'clock. And I yeah. mean, that's kind of, it's, that it's, it's upsetting. Yeah, it's upsetting that you have to pay that much. But I walked out of that movie and there was enough little gems in there of, Just the kind of comedy I
0: like. Yeah, yeah, it it really is. That was a
1: fun watch for me. So
0: yeah, yeah. Now that I'm thinking about it more, I feel like when I was in theater, I was just like, "Come on, guys, come on, make me laugh more and harder and more consistently." Like, "Come on, let's do it," you know. Just so used to that kind of like rapid fire succession of jokes, but they're you know they're definitely used to. Um, they're definitely used to uh, that shorter, segmented style of storytelling, yeah. like skits and shit. Then that you could tell between between like they're big. They kind of just they kind of set it up so all the funny moments play out kind of like a skit. You know, there has a build up, there's a middle conflict, and then there's a resolution, and then you move on to the next thing. But it seems yeah. like to break those up in between, they had these moments that were like you know, they were like plays on action movie tropes and shit like that. But they kind of, they kind of lulled. They kind of drag up until you get to the next funny moment. And, you know, it's uh, the people in the audience. There was like nobody in the audience. I went, I went to a matinee at like four on a Monday. Yeah. So There was nobody there really, but me. Um, I was laughing, but it does help like going to comedies, even if they're not generally like the funniest at the time just kind of having that energy of an audience around you, just building, like wanting to laugh more kind of makes the movie better. I, say, I feel like I want to, I would want to watch this movie again, maybe with like a bunch of Key and Peele fans. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
1: I, I think I enjoy, I didn't have any expectations cause I've only seen like maybe a handful of episodes of the show. Um, yeah. I kind of just liked it kind of going in fresh, not really like, I've seen like the funny sketches that everyone likes and, you know, the ones that, that I've just kind of been drawn to. Like, one of my favorite sketches is the one where the he's, like, the sick kid in the hospital bed. And he, like, is, like, uh-huh. really demented. It's just, like, uh-huh. yeah. the yeah. stuff he asked for in the Make-A-Wish is just so, it's so disturbing. It's so great. <laughs> but uh, uh, I was just kind of just ready for them to unleash, like, what's a Key and Pill movie going to be like. Especially yeah. with, like, playing up the John Wick and just action movies. And it's got this cute kitten in it. Um, and yeah. I only saw it. It was like I was the fifth person in the theater. And uh, there were some laughs, but. I feel like everything that they were laughing at was kind of like the stuff that
2: they, just you see yeah. in every
1: movie that gets the laugh. Yeah, and exactly. I was kind of giggling to more of the reference stuff that they were <laughs> referencing or just the weirder stuff. But
2: yeah. like
1: Stefan knows me, like my, one of my favorite comedies is what Hot American Summer. So yeah. I kind of get into that, that weird shit. And I'm kind of like you, I wish maybe it would have been a little weirder, but I feel like they yeah. kind of played it safe with this first. You one. know what?
0: I you mean, I love the Keanu too. I'm just saying. Yeah. Their their strength is in their, the strongest scenes in Keanu were really when when they were faced they had to act like gangsters because they're so unconvincingly like yeah. tough guys and gangsters you know like if the movie was just about like screw the you know I mean I like the cat as motivation the cat was great keep the cat yeah. it was good. but if they got rid of like the kind of cartel stuff on the outside the fucking assassins. You know, if it was yeah. just if it was just Key and Peel having to like hang out with this gang for an entire movie, like it could have been so many different things. But the best parts were yeah. definitely when they were trying to be like part of the gang or whatever and, and yeah. teaching the yeah. gang members how to be more like sensitive and sensible and conservative and shit like that yeah i love these like
1: the, the te- <laughs> it's teamwork it's working yeah, or whatever team building. they're it's communicating so good, <laughs> so good. and i feel like good. those moments get lost in like what like you're saying with like the cartel mo- like just making it try to like just like just to go down this intense rabbit yeah. hole it's, it's like either, you either had a really
0: like solid or,
1: film like i think
0: yeah, it's either got to be like a full-on parody of John Wick or it's got to be their own thing. And I think it seems like they're kind of wrestling with, you know, playing off the gimmick of being like, let's fucking make a crazy action movie because you know that's how it started, the conversation. Um, but but it really – it really, I think they're probably better in a situation that's more like kind of like what Kevin Hart does, you know, or kind of like what um, – like, Ride Along, or what was the one with uh, Will Ferrell? Uh, uh, um, I
1: don't I've oh, ha- seen Ride Along. I have,
0: or, uh, well, Will I haven't Ferrell seen Ride Along either. I'm not the biggest fan of Ice Cube as an actor, but Kevin Hart and Will Ferrell made a movie called Get Hard, where uh, Kevin Hart has to teach Will Ferrell how to be a badass before he goes to prison or something like that.
2: Yeah.
0: And um, it's just, like, one of those films that, you know, unassuming – I don't know how you feel about Will Farrell or Kevin Hart, but um but they're I heard that one was really funny after watch that but my point is is that they you know they put themselves in more realistic situations that allow them to kind of be their wackier selves. Um yeah. and I feel like I feel like he and Phil benefit from from that uh where they would benefit from it but but also like i don't know they could be so strange and weird and eccentric that i don't know it's like the more i think about it the more i try and dissect it the more i'm just like actually i really fucking kind of liked keanu more than i thought yeah. when i left you know it took it took some time but i'm just like dang i love those guys
1: it's definitely going to have to be, like, once it comes out on uh, DVD. It'll definitely yeah. be, like, a red box rental just to, like, like re, re-see Valued. it and just uh, see if anything still hits the same way. And yeah. I, I might enjoy it more, too. Like, you could say, like, I think some of the best times watching some movies is being with a pretty, like, Not a huge packed theater, but like, you know, there's enough people in there where you get the laughs when you want the laughs. yeah, yeah. And then, um, you know, especially when you like like watch a horror movie or something, it's like great when people jump or you hear that gasp, it's just like, yes, it worked. I know I'm scared too. It's wonderful.
2: Um,
0: Yeah. I like,
1: I think that goes into a lot of like the, you're going experience for some movies. I think it can work for a film and it can also work against it where you see like a big budget action movie and you're like, Oh, that was a lot yeah. of fun and really exciting. And then you go back and watch it again. You're like, that was pretty shitty.
0: Yeah.
1: I, Cause everyone else was so hyped to watch this, you know? Right. So, yeah. So It's a weird thing that happens in the theater. Like you can have a really great theater it experience. Then get that movie home and go, Oh, well, I didn't really care for that as much as I yeah. thought I did, but it was fun in the theater.
0: That's what I, that's what I love. That's what I love. You know, I tend to go to the movies on my own. I have a really hard time, like, waiting for people when something is yeah. released. Like, I don't, I have, because people are going to start talking about it, you know, and that, and I think that's my favorite, obviously, with camera noise, that's like my favorite part about going to the movies is later yeah. on when you can communicate it with others. Um, but sometimes the dynamic in the theater is, it can be really off. And that led to the enjoyment. Uh, I have two examples. One time I went to when Brave came out, Pixar's movie Brave. Like I went as a Pixar fan. I'm like, I love Pixar movies. They're always really great. I'm going to go to see Brave at 2 p.m. on a Saturday. (laughs) And, And I'm in there like waiting for this movie. And I just like smoked a bowl. I probably had like a little shot of something before I went in the theater. Just get nice and toasty. And then it's just me watching Brave with like, soccer moms and they're like 12 or like nine to 12 year old daughters and it's nothing but them and i'm just like this like ratty looking bearded uh, (laughs) guy and i'm just trying to watch a pixar movie but i'm just like man i really did play this all wrong (laughs) yeah
1: i did the same sort of thing with um the uh, animated turtles movie that came out because i was excited to see like what that would be like and uh i went by myself and it was kind of the same situation i don't th- i might have been high yeah i don't know <laughs> but i went and saw it and i think this is like when, like me you eric were living together and like i couldn't get you or eric to go because you guys like i don't want to see that and i was like Fuck it, it's yeah. turtles i've got to go man like
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no i know what you mean um but yeah it was it was an interesting afternoon for sure. Especially, I always love going to see movies on a whim because I'm just like, I have a day yeah. off and I'm just like, ah, fuck it. Let's do it. <laughs> and then I wander around. Well,
1: like, yeah, it's just Who's fun that? to sometimes go see a big action movie by yourself and just like become a fanboy. Like seeing Captain America's yeah. Civil War, there's probably like the biggest smile on my face. And I'm sure people are like, what that the fuck's yeah. so happy about? But <laughs> it was just a lot of fun to, you know, go by myself and just see this thing mm-hmm. that I was excited to see.
0: You know, there's a lot of, uh, that like civil war, you know, there's just so much excitement. So we're going to talk about civil war now. (laughs) There's just so much excitement, like building up to it. And then just like people around me, I just, and the audience was so, so varied. It seemed like, you know, it's just like, everybody's just, you know, whether, however most people feel about comic book movies or superhero movies or the Marvel movies or following like episodic content the way that they're doing. Um, People, it's just like an event, you know, and people are just like, that excitement of sharing that event with people is is a lot of fun. Yeah. And, and especially for Civil War, which is just, just like, you know, for it's, it's just a huge movie. It's so big, but they, it's like they play their cards right and they spend their money well. Um, and they cut out, you know, a lot of the fat, even though it is a pretty long movie it seems like they very delicately were moving you from thing to thing. You know, it's like in Civil War, I feel like just when when the, the more dramatic scenes, the non-action, non-comedic, non-costume scenes, um, you know, there's there's that nagging feeling. You're like, but I want to see Iron Man already. I want to see this. I want to see that, you know, and it's just like, well, they got to, you know, they're trying to give you this story. They're trying to tell you this story with some sense of towards quality and acting and directing and their production value and everything like that. It's like, it's also a film. It's not just, you know, uh, a, a brawl, but I feel like, I feel like they did a good job of balancing all those out. Like just when a scene for me was starting to get kind of like drag on a little too much, it would, it would immediately start to ramp up again.
1: Yeah. I, uh, I feel that I feel the exact same way. I just feel like the pacing's great in that yeah. film. Uh, I think those guys just get how to make a solid film. Uh, and they also get how to make a really great comic book. Um, I was just, I've been, before we started chatting, I've been rewatching Avengers and it's still on. And there's Uh that moment in Avengers when Tony Stark comes into the carrier and is like, and that ass playing Galaga. And then he says it like one more time. And I was like, that's like, like it's a weird thing. And then it's like, to show the kid turning on Galaga. And it's like, what the fuck's the point of this like joke? It's not, it's not even that funny. It doesn't even land that well. And uh-huh. it's kind of, and I feel like the Russo brothers, like, person in the movie has their film, every joke lands. You know, uh, I'm kind of like you. Well, I was uh, in the one part of this spoiler. So if you haven't seen it, you probably just shouldn't listen to this because I'm just going to say what. spoiler,
0: spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. At that
1: point where they're doing the big battle on the airport. And I was like, I've just kind of seen all this. Like Spider-Man isn't doing anything super cool. Because, I mean, Uh, we've all seen Spider-Man films and he does kind of the same stuff, which is fine. I mean, it was great that Spider-Man was in it. And I love Tom Holland. But about that time is when you get Giant Man. And I was just like, this is a fucking brilliant, man. Just like these guys knew when I was going to get tired of it and be like, move on. Move the plot along. I need to know what's and, going yeah, on. Let's just get like, there. And then he's like, then he's just like, uh, anytime I've tried this, I've passed out before. And I was like, what's he going to do? And then he just turns into giant man. And I was like, oh my God. These, I was just like,
0: these fucking brothers are brilliant. Yeah. Masters. That, my jaw dropped at that moment. And it was just like. It, what's cool is like they're allowing the evolution of these these characters and they're and the way that they're building towards those big moments are is is in it's like it's not rushed but it's also not you know dwelt upon so heavily you know my biggest problem with comic book movies um is there's like this or you know any movie is like this idea to well not any movie but like comic book movies they're trying to build towards this moment where it's like a big like dun da da kind of moment yeah but but i just feel like that's like getting so played out now and people rely so much on these these you know these big builds towards knowledge that everybody has but with this giant, this giant man moment uh, for the listener, if you're at this point, we've already spoiled it, but that's Ant-Man. Also, Paul Rudd's character, Ant-Man, is also yeah. Giant-Man. Um, for people who don't know, uh, and um, when this moment happens, it's like so many things run through your head because you're just like, "Oh my God!" They're they're allowing they're allowing these characters. Like, they're not only is that kind of like a nod to the hardcore fan because they didn't have to do that. He could have done Ant-Man fucking tiny little Ant-Man adventures in the armor and whatever. He could have done that for a whole sequence and people would have eaten it up. But the fact that they just flipped it up and they're just like, let's make this motherfucker giant. Why not? It's right there on the page. Boom. And then somebody like me, who's semi-familiar with the old, uh, the like George Perez era Avenger comics. Those are the ones I liked the most. Um, you know, like you, giant man is not somebody I ever thought I'd see on screen and not without it being like, you know, some kind of like revision type of scenario where you have somebody else playing the character that Paul Rudd made famous or something like that, you know, where they're trying to grab out something out of the bag. That's new. They just like in civil war, they just are throwing so much new shit at you, but they're not skimping on, on, on like the development between those moments, yeah. the way that Batman versus Superman did.
1: Yeah, I feel like, I just feel like in any other director's hands, the whole giant man scene would have had to have been talked about before it actually happened. And you were kind of knew, knew it was going to happen at some point. But the thing I love right. about it is like, this is part of what ant-man can do like if you don't read it it's almost like it's like unapologetic it's like if you don't know exactly, then who cares yeah. it's going to be a really cool action scene and we'll talk about yeah. it in the next ant-man movie we'll probably do something yeah. cooler and then but it's like, they don't even have to worry about trying to set that up in the next film like him trying to grow big it's like it's done he knows how yeah. to do it so for ant-man 2 it's great like i'm looking forward to seeing wasp yeah. in the next one that's what i want in the next one Me too. so well um, well
0: what's really What's really great about that Ant-Man moment is we, since the second trailer, like the third trailer or whatever, we knew Spider-Man was going to be in this. So everybody already knew Spider-Man was coming back and it's yeah. a huge draw for people to see Spider-Man. And like you said, he doesn't do anything like really that different than what we've seen, but it's just, it's cool. Um, it's cool to to s- just have him involved and that that universe is just spreading wider and wider. If you think back to the first Iron Man and now to where we are with this young new Spider-Man so much shit has happened and it's just a testament to the way that these this company has been handling these properties and the way that the people have been telling the stories so far most especially the Russo brothers who you know who aren't Joss Whedon you know everybody puts so much faith in Joss Whedon not to say he didn't do a great job on either of the two movies he did which he did but you know the the time had come for a changing of the guard, you know, um, yeah. and and the Russo brothers are just like you know high praises all around. Just by their means of being able to get there's a there's a moment in in the movie where Tom Holland as Spider Man points out that Captain America's shield like just doesn't really follow physics at all. And then Captain America says something like um, there's a lot going on here that you don't under- that you won't understand and then yeah. spider-man replies you know mr. Stark said you would say that or something like that it's just the banter through the fight um, and and it was a cool way of kind of poking fun at oneself while also being able to not ro- rob people of that experience by taking them out of the, the film. Well, so I think it works too
1: because uh, you have Spider-Man who has to obviously have the webbing attached to something to swing. Yeah. Like in video games and other things, it's like, what is he really attaching to to great to swing into this fight scene in yeah. an airport? Because airports are pretty open, dude. It's not like this yeah. battle took place in New York City. For yeah. me, it was kind of a like a kind of back and forth about how like yeah, well you do the same shit, you know? Like we're just comic book characters. Mm-hmm. And that's, I I don't go watch these movies for reality. Captain America, throw that shield all day long or Spider-Man swing into fucking Brimsy Glass and take on the Winter Soldier, man. Yeah, Yeah.
0: I will say um, for my money, it's a balance of those two things that you just mentioned. And one thing I thought was cool was that they were fairly conscientious with where Spider-Man's webs were going, what they were directed at. Um, yeah. unless it was a, unless it was kind of a close up, you know what I mean? Cause then it could really be anything. But when they were like wider shots, it was like, he was, they were starting to show Spider-Man like utilize the things around him and throw things, which I always yeah. thought is cool. I always love when Spider-Man is fighting some villain, like the lizard or something coming out the sewer and like manhole covers are being either thrown or caught with webbing, you know, it's just like they, uh, there was just, you know, or what I was getting at earlier was like, you know, we knew Spider-Man was coming. But then it kind of is this like diversion because when you have this character that's kind of lower tier by comparison to the others um, and played by Paul Rudd, you know, in the Marvel Universe, they really gave that character his moment to shine by yeah. just being like, and this is happening. How about a little bit of this? Here's some Black Panther. There's some Spider-Man you know here's the yeah. cap just going off here's iron man and shit like uh, here's scarlet witch and the vision and hawkeye having a scene all to themselves and yeah. also how about a little giant man we'll see you guys later you know Like <laughs> you drop the yeah. mic boom <laughs> <laughs> you're like if you don't if they're like if you don't like the movie by this moment
1: right now we you're not a fan
0: yeah they do not care about you, you know, <laughs> take a nap um, <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's great. I thought uh, Zemo was great as the villain. I didn't really know what to expect because yeah. I'm not very familiar with him. And kind of uh, uh, just talking with other people, I think a lot of people have become more fans of, like, Captain America and Iron Man and some of these, like, I mean, who thought Ant-Man would be this big or even, like, Guardians of the yeah, Galaxy? You like, you have these very talented It just
0: It just goes to show that in the marketplace, like, the audiences are willing to take risks as well, you know, and... I think, I think Deadpool and the other movies you just mentioned and a lot of the comic book movies, even Batman versus Superman, it's like being, a, being um, willing to take risks on certain things because, man, geek fans are widespread and now it's becoming more... Um, well,
1: yeah, that kind of goes back to your thing saying about, like, kind social. of the diverse people you get going to see these films now. Because yeah. I feel like when you go see, like... I don't know like when the prequels came out for the star wars films you got a certain amount like they're not everybody's gonna go see that yeah i feel like now when you go see like the new superhero movie you know you have this whole the the diverse group of people who are either there for a cool action movie or have just now started to like be like oh maybe i should read some of these great captain america stories maybe i should pick up this new ant-man run or something and that's really cool because it's you know i mean Comic books are fun, man. And they're, you know, they're for everyone. There's a little bit yeah. of something out there from everyone. And... Yeah.
0: And and you know, all the all the greatest moments of these characters are are um, you know, they're in the movies and like Civil War, you know, the Captain America moments, the Black Panther moments, they're they're the things about those characters in the comics that make them great, but they're like well, they're well realized and handled with love and in terms of being able to portray them on a film without it being like cheesy or come off as hokey. Like they really take, there's a real natural kind of feel to the way that the, the Marvel movies tend to play out. You know, the emotions all seem real. It's just good yeah. writing, man. It's just such good writing. And, cool. and with as much money as they throw at these movies, man, that that should be the case every time, you know? Uh, but 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 it can be hard probably to gauge what the audience is going to how they're going to react to things but again the point is risks um, especially in comic book films man because like most of the people that are making those movies their money back are people that grew up with those properties you know it's a very niche generation the younger kids are more into social media and their phones and you know, the older ones are are like parents and trying to support their families and stuff now. So, you know, I think you and I kind of are in this generation that was this middle ground where 90s, you know, that's in the 90s, comics started to be seriously considered as films, as TV shows. And yeah. so we're in this kind of like transitional generation of 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 how these things come out. So like for us... I think for our generation, it's the most enjoyable time because of the risks that are now being taken because, you know, the fanboys have grown up. Like we want to see good films. We, you know, these characters are our favorites and they remind us of when we were kids and how much fun that was, but we're grown now. And it would be, you know, for my money, for my taste, it, it, I always think it would be great if those things could grow up with me somehow, or, or, you know, like, like in an in instance for instance with Deadpool like just that it's so crass and vulgar um, unapologetically you know it's like uh, it's it's like it plays to the part of me that swears too much and you know yeah. drinks too much it, it, and so it's like it, yeah
1: it's just nice to see a film like that again I just it'd be that big of a budget film and like be in multiple theaters because I feel like Most of the R-rated movies I see now are, like, horror films or something, you know, or there'll be, like, a random action movie that comes out, like, that's okay, wasn't necessarily sold on it, that's rated R. But it's great that I went in and saw that, like, my favorite thing was, like, I felt like I was watching, like, I shouldn't have been watching Deadpool. I was like, this is Marvel. It's got cursing in it.
0: (laughs) Right. Jokes
1: and dick jokes and i i, do, I don't I, know what yeah. i'm doing here and i was like what the <laughs> fuck is wrong with you you're like 32 years old this is for you they made it for I, you
0: i did i did really enjoy in civil war how they like they allowed those they like allowed the problems between the superheroes to be really adult you know like even yeah. they throw you know they can't say so many swear words cuz it's a pg13 movie but they're throwing shit around a lot As expletives for other expletives you know what I mean Um, which you know that scene between the vision and Hawkeye and Scarlet Witch is just so good because the vision you know he they he he could easily be played just like Spock you know like super cold and calculating but there's something in the vision that allows him to be compassionate caring and um, you know considerate of others like he's kind of driven by this consideration of 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 you know, especially with Scarlet Witch, the way she's perceived by people, because you know later down the line they have a little thing. But um, also like the way he reveres all the other superheroes, even though when he's at a philosophical conflict with them, and so it's like you have this scene, and Hawkeye, uh, Jeremy Renner carries those scenes so well, because he could easily just fade into the background. I'm not saying he would, and I'm I'm sure they wouldn't cast uh, wouldn't have casted him. I mean, he's just so perfect for this role and he's kind of like, he's kind of like the wild card, like, um, or not the wild card, but the ace in the hole, you know, he's yeah. kind of the guy, he comes in and kind of like oversees things and he'll knock out a couple cool one-liners, do some great action, but he's serious business. He's not fucking around yeah. and you go to it. So God, that, that scene was one of my favorites. Absolutely. The vision is like such a brilliantly realized and like majestic thing to see on screen. I fucking love uh, Paul Bettany.
1: I didn't even think, I didn't even, I wasn't even aware Hawkeye was in Civil War. I haven't really watched, like I watched the trailers and stuff and I don't remember seeing him or just didn't pay attention because I was, like, so excited maybe to catch a game of Spider-Man or some of the other characters I was looking forward to seeing. Yeah. Like, Black Panther was another big, like, I'm not, like, a huge Black Panther fan. I've never read any of the comics, but I was excited to see him just to see what they could do with it. Yeah. But you're right, Jeremy Renner as Hawkeye has some of the best moments. And mm-hmm. watching the scene with Scarlet Witch where he comes in to, like, get, break her out of Yeah. Thing, then reminding me of the yeah. scene that they have in Avengers Age of Ultron where she's kind of freaking out And they jump into Uh, that building and he gives her that pep talk. And you just, you talking about how Hawkeye like kind of just like does what he does. He's silent, but he'll in in every movie he's in, he has this one moment where he says some really cool shit. Yeah. And then it's like, you don't hear anything (laughs) from him for the rest of the film. And it's like, it's so good. Like you don't need, uh, I don't know. He's just so well realized in this universe. You know,
0: you know who he is? Uh, Jeremy Renner's Hawkeye in these Marvel movies He's like that kid from Monster Squad, the bad kid, who when the when the vampires are come walking up, they're like, "What are we gonna do? What are we gonna do?" And he walks away. They're like, "Where are you going?" And he pull he reaches back and grabs a stake for his bow and arrow, and he pulls it out. And he's yeah. like, "I'm in the goddamn club, aren't I?" And yeah, then he starts yeah. fucking laying these chicks out. And I'm just like, that, that's Jeremy Renner. He's just like." you know, you think about him, he's just like, well, I got to jump off this roof that's crumbling and I don't know if I'm going to live, but fuck it, you know, and then he's just shooting. He's like, he's for the greater good of the mission. I love again, back to that vision scene when he's running out with, um, when he's running out with Scarlet Witch, he like fires off those two arrows on the opposite sides of the room. And then he grabs her. They have a little dialogue or whatever. And he's like, come on, cap needs our help. And he knows, he knows that the vision, um, in that entire situation he already knew that the vision could best him and then when vision has him in a headlock and he's like not allowing him to attack or whatever you know he's beat at that moment but just for sake of his loyalty to captain america he would put himself in that danger or or in that position to fail um but and then so and then scarlet witch comes in and and you know, she restrains the vision, you know, in order because she believes in what Captain America is doing, you know, it's just like, the conflict between these heroes was like, you could see all sides and the drama. And I think the emotion that's there is like, you don't want to see them fight. But they are really having a conflict of ideals. Um, but a great, yeah. a great moment that's, you know, the great moment that in the movie, just in general is when uh, Hawkeye and um black widow are fighting back and forth. And then, he, you know, she's like, we're still friends though. Right. And then he like, he like blocks her hit with his arrow or whatever. He's like, of course, no biggie. You know? And then they just like fight and punch each other. And then like, you know, yeah. I'm just like, yes, man. Like, it's cool. Because when, the, when, you know, Tony Stark and Steve Rogers conflict was, it just kind of snowballed. It escalated very quickly. So it's hard to bounce back from that, especially between yeah. friends. So that was like the more detrimental conflict going on there. But then it showed you how the different conflicts of these different um, heroes play out. And also the little camaraderie between like the Falcon and and, um, Winter Soldier was so good. There wasn't much of it, but it was subtle. And it was just like, yeah, these dudes are fucking hanging out probably all day trying to figure out what to do. You know, at some point it's going to be like somebody's going to crack a beer and like they're going to like get to know each other. Like when you get to know each other at work. And so there's that moment, uh, I forget when Falcon and Winter Soldier are fighting Spider Man and he like totally lays them out or whatever. Um, and yeah, then yeah. And Falcon lays out Spider Man with, with, with Red Wing, the little robotic bird. Um, yeah. But then there's just that moment where uh, Winter Soldier's just like, You couldn't have done that. Uh, you couldn't have done that when you first saw him or something like that. You couldn't have done that five minutes ago. And yeah. Falcon was just like, I hate you. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It was such a good moment.
1: I love the movie because it is like a versus film. It doesn't say it anywhere on there. No one's going to hate each other. And I love the letter that cap sends iron man at the end, because I feel like reading the civil war comic, just civil war. It just like, didn't like, I mean, these are superheroes, man. Some of these guys are best friends and they've been on so many adventures. And it was great to just have that moment from cap. That's like, listen, we're different people, but I'm going to be there anytime you need me and it's just like it's so captain america it's so like i just love it yeah. so much like i feel like i should hate captain america because yeah. <laughs> i'm like you're so perfect and like i hate characters like that because yeah. i love like the batman but like he's just <laughs> so good it
0: like, does yeah. everything to the Whoa, best that's of I, ability that's what i love between these between these two characters it's like you know like batman versus superman it's like which one do you think can punch the other one the hardest but this, yeah. this is like, this is like, which one do you align yourself to morally? Like the things that you yeah. stand, it calls into these questions. Like maybe people don't think about it that deep, but that's what's put in front of you. And you're just like, you know, it's like, yeah, which like, where do I really side with these fucking Sokovia Accords? You know, it's politics, like bleeding into free will and free choice and the responsibility of having abilities that, that far surpass other people who who you know who otherwise wouldn't stand a chance against these people so it's like it brings up a lot of these like moral implications with this fun shit you know it's like it's like some einstein action figure shit you know like I, you know this reminds me of it's like um when i was a kid and i'd play action figures i had a couple of good friends that i would play action figures with and some of them were and one of them was really kind of there with me um, coming up with storylines and like rapid fire lines of dialogue. Like we were creating a story in front of us. And then I had other friends who would just be like, Hey friend, want to battle, you know, and just like clack their figure up against mine. And I'm just like, what the shit is going on here? Like, dude, I don't know if you know what happened over here, but we're setting up some dialogue and some plot points And I don't have time for you. And (laughs) it's just like, that's Uh, Batman, Superman to me. You know, Civil War is like that. Just like, you're just like exploring the psychology of these different, you know, these different archetypes of character. And then Batman versus Superman is just like, ear smash, ear smash. And it's just like, Jesus, just just kill them both, please. Kill me. Like, (laughs) (laughs) and it's just like, Civil War just has blown that shit out of the water i just can't not say that i feel like civil war is such a great film on top of being a great superhero film it's just so well written well acted well directed the effects technology is unreal right now like movies and video games man this shit is is the future
1: um yeah civil war was amazing <laughs> i just like
0: after Incredible. okay
1: so you so it's like that weird thing where it's like this is the third captain america and if you look at like the third iron man like those films have definitely gone down and like you know like i mean i like all the iron man films but i definitely there is a degrading quality to each of the films as you get yeah. and captain America's done this weird thing where i think the worst one is the first one the second one was yeah. fucking great. Like, it's very rare that we get a really good sequel these days. I mean, those do exist. There yeah. are really great well, sequels out there.
0: Think about it, dude. Like, your your best villain. you're well, but, this is this is a bold statement, and this is up to argument. But your best villain, quite potentially being Baron Zemo, is like a fucking. You know, he's like a Bond villain. He's just like a calculating mercenary, and and they throw you cross. Crossbones, you know, like they throw you a like a comic bookie villain, but really what was successful with Baron Zemo's villain, like you said, is he was like way more down to earth. He's probably the most realistic aspect there, and he does kind of fill the foot we kind of fill those shoes of Baron Zemo, which is strange, because we experience yeah. a lot of this anguish from being, you know, we're not gods like the pantheon of the Marvel universe. We're we're just human and this guy's just human, so it, it, that all in itself like brings up a lot of interesting internal kind of dialogues with oneself, you know, in, in terms of seeing a character that's not, you know, I think Loki is a great villain, but, you know, it's, it's, he has this like infallible power too. They may as well just be best friends and buddies. They're just, you know, neither one can really beat the other or kill the other. And it's really like how these gods are protecting our mortality and, and how, you know, there are those people who don't want that, yeah. you know, people who are, you know, mythologically speaking.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, it's credit to the Russo brothers. Like, um, how do you like you have the world's greatest, the greatest superheroes in a film? Yeah. A villain. Like, do. you can't. I don't even. Know. <laughs> but what's better than to just make some guy who has it yeah. like characters killed his family, everything he's ever known, and yeah. he just wants to pit him like? Because I really thought the film was going to go where he was going to wake up those soldiers and i was like oh this could be fun this could be like a cool ride right. scene and like and can cab get back together and then when they're dead i was like what yeah. the fuck is going on like yeah. what they're if gonna... the russo brothers done i thought they ruined the movie
2: yeah
1: i was like this is this is where it falls flat this is where it ends and then it just was it was so great especially yeah. when black panther tracks him down at the end and they have that conversation and oh, Black panther that decides was such not to
0: a good go scene go. Oh so my god! Like scene. fucking
1: great actors, just fucking blowing the shit that out line, of the water, man.
0: Because I don't want to, I don't want to spoil the line. I won't say it, but like Black Panther's last line to Zemo when it resolves that entire part of the conflict or that entire part of the that thread of the movie. Um, yeah, that line is classic, man. It will be classic. I'm not gonna say it because I don't want to ruin it. But Black Panther, when I first when he first popped up, I was just like, I don't know, I like, I felt like his african accent may have been a little too forced that, i guess that language they is
1: actually a real language it's so that that's was pretty I, cool. I knew
0: that i knew that yeah. part and those parts sounded okay it was that it's that you know like it's the it's the writing it's the way that they write those kind of characters um especially yeah. like african accented characters it's it's a lot mm-hmm. like an indian accented character like we have we have really just one kind of dialect to draw from um, yeah so so when i was listening to like chadwick boseman with his like yes we all must uh, you know it's like we all must uh, be fighters for the peace or i'm a warrior and this and that blah 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 you know what i mean it's it felt like at first it felt kind of not authentic you know but then yeah. as we get more of that character and you see the network of, of you know, sub characters behind him that have no lines, but just kind of help build this his character around him. Um, then you start to be like, "Oh, this dude's badass." And then, and then, you know, I think at some point there may have been a more natural um, kind of progression to him getting that character. Because by that end scene with him and Zemo, it's just like I buy it—hook, line, and sinker. You know, like that dude is—he's the—he's a the king and he's the protector of uh that african nation wakanda yeah yeah you know i I feel
1: like definitely when you first meet him he's like that that, you know he's definitely like you're saying like the way that white people write that kind of character (laughs) and uh but i think he really like i think that was just kind of a show it's like this is what you do at these Um, kind of summits you're just nice and this is yeah. what people expect this is what white people expect you to sound oh, yeah. like and you know and then by the time when you start getting more of his character and after his and like he's going after winter soldier and stuff like you get this other side of this character that gets really dark
0: yeah and i was like fuck yeah. he's got to kill someone like
1: his guy yeah. does not give two yeah. shits yeah. what's could, happening
0: you could see the gears turning in his head like he's like he's like shit i have to kill somebody now Like I really have to seriously consider that this person has to die and I have to be the one to do it. You know, you could tell it's not, it's not what he wants, but he's, he's having an inner battle, like an inner conflict with, with what his father may have wanted, who was just, you know, who gets killed in the movie and, and what he stands for or whatever. So his character just like, in you know, it, he was such a pivotal part of this film and you know, it wasn't like, when I, th- I think of, like, Spider-Man 3, where they had Sandman and they had, um, who's the other villain in that one?
1: Venom. And Green Goblin.
0: Green, yeah. Wasn't
1: Green Goblin? Didn't he show back up?
0: Did he? Yeah. See, I don't yeah, know. Like, back like back Too out. many villains or whatever. But then, you know, I always felt like Sandman was just, like, a, such a cool character to go with, such a different type of movie. And I kind of had yeah. that worry with Black Panther that, you know, they would have this character that is cool or, you know, has its fans, its niche fan base. And just underuse him, or just kind of be like, the costume's really cool, right? You're gonna come to Black Panther anyway, right? Yeah. But they really did a job of a really good job of giving that character a lot of weight for this particular story, um, you know. Because even by the end of the send-off, uh, post-credit scene, or whatever um, yeah. that leads to the Black Panther film, uh, you know, you're so much has happened. I feel like that, you know, it's just a testament to Chadwick Boseman and the casting of these films because they're finding people that have they have that range of theatricality where they can play do the mask stuff you know or play behind this iconic type of character but also you know they're they're this is their craft they're they're thinking about it you know the best type of actors are the ones that you can tell are aware of their performance but not allowing that to obstruct anything natural about the performance that's my two cents yeah. on acting.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I think all the casting for all these characters is great. I just, uh, Thor, the uh, first one. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, I'm kind of like you. I do have a soft spot for those films. I think they're great. I definitely love that, like, Norse mythology shit a lot. And yeah. It's yeah. fun to see those characters. And I even like the second one. It's not the best, yeah. but I I, it. I think the Dark Elves look fucking uh fucking weird yeah, i creepy, think they're cool, but um i you know it's like i am uh, I oh just right. saying about the casting it's just like you have these guys who haven't really done much or they're just in these like minor films or and marvel just put a lot of faith in them and they've just like fucking knocked it out of the park with a lot of this like especially casting tom holland who i've not seen in anything besides this yeah. like
0: to be the new yeah. spider-man
1: like and that let's, kid fucking sold it, man. Let,
0: like, let's yeah, let's just take a moment to talk about Tom Holland for a second. Okay. Because Spider-Man, like I said, people people knew Spider-Man was coming from that final trailer. If you're into trailers, I'm I'm finding there's not a lot of people that watch trailers on the regular. I, you know, I watch every trailer that's released, pretty much. I mean, it, there's a lot of them, but I'm like, you didn't see that yet. But anyway, so yeah. a lot of people knew Spider-Man was coming, and then, but the way that they went about it, and I won't spoil that either. Um, the way that they went about it um, in this film, in order to incorporate Spider-Man tell a little bit of his story and um, and you know, also kind of reintroduce him to this universe. And we know Spider-Man's already got, has a spin-off movie coming out titled Spider-Man Homecoming. yeah, which is uh, another conversation we can get to. Um, but Tom Holland when the first from the first, like this kid is just like he is, He's Peter Parker, man. He's like, yeah. you know, any all the gripes that we had with the previous P- Peter Parkers and, and then the things that we liked about those Peter Parkers because yeah. they were both good. They were both great. Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire. Um, but yeah. it's like, you know, there's those little things like, I wish his banter was a little bit better or I wish it was more like this or I wish it was that. Like this is, this is Peter Parker that builds his own web shooters that, you know, is driven by something that plays at his honor and his goodness the goodness in him and even when he's fighting villains he's trying to like break the tension he's trying to lighten them up you know it's like it's like when you have a friend who's depressed or angry and you know you keep poking fun at them until they smile you know what i mean like spider-man and which is so interesting because he's he's so much like captain america but he is also so much like Tony Stark and, you know, he, in a lot of ways, and hopefully we get to see this somehow or just, I don't know, they're doing such a good job with it, but you know, there's a little bit of cap and there's a little bit of Iron Man in Spider-Man. And yeah. um, that's why he's as a kid, as an, as a teenage kid in this one, like that's how he carries his own film. Like that's because it's this inner conflict that this young dude is dealing with probably beyond his emotional capacity to deal with. And also he has to fight bad guys and fucking robots and shit.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I thought he, I thought he was great. Uh, so good. I mean, the, I mean, I, I think we talked about uh, that one line that you didn't really care for uh, the uh, dude right. metal arm scene. And I just, yeah. I was like a fan of it. Cause I know you were kind of like, "Oh, are you kidding me? And yeah. I just think it worked well. It's like, it, it, once it, you it, see it, I, him do his thing and you get his yeah. character, it makes total sense. It actually, um, but yeah, he's that line, he sold, he sold Spider-Man for me. Like this kid is Spider-Man. Yeah, that line, hold you on, know, I think everyone's that, pretty happy. That, that
0: line in particular um, that he's talking about is the, in the movie catches Winter Soldier's ha- hand. He's like, well, you got a metal arm. That's awesome. But, and at first it's like, to me, it just like seems like, you know, teenage mutant, Ninja, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle style, like um, ideas of quippy lines where they're just I don't know um but to me like in the trailer it felt like so forced like awesome totally rad right you know like really yeah. just kind of like self-aware um but it actually flows really nice in the movie and he has so many great lines leading up to that one you know you're just like yeah they really oh it's just such a treat like it's such a treat seeing spider-man in this especially since they're introducing Black Panther and so many new concepts and stuff. Yeah. And to add that on, like it it does feel like an afterthought in some ways, but like the best kind of afterthought. You know, again, it's that same yeah. thing. It's just like, oh, you had your little, you know, uh, you know, it's like where they threw in that giant man bit. It's just like, yeah, yeah, throw it at us, come at me, bro. Like we got Spider-Man's for days. We got <laughs> Black Panther's for days. We got great villains for days. What do you want? What do you need? You know, like these dudes are just like Yeah, crushing it.
1: I definitely think when spider-man shows up um when you get that scene and then you get like when you get paul rudd's introduction into the universe is is a much it's almost like an intermission to for some comedy to yeah this because this is like this most serious marvel film at this point like you're having these characters who are at odds against each other like some some of them still like one another but people have joined aside get spider-man and you like it just kind of lightens the mood a little bit because you know, like right before the final act, you're gonna yeah. it's, it's gonna get serious again. There's not gonna be any jokes. Yeah. And I think putting Spider-Man and also having Ant, Spider-Man on one side, Ant-Man on the other is like you get these two, like you get this little kid just kind of having fun meeting these characters and making these jokes about stuff and not wanting yeah. really to hurt anyone, just trying to do his best. And then you also get like Paul Rudd, who's just like also almost amazed at everything he's doing in the movie as well. (laughs) But she's a grown ass man and and it's
0: just it's
1: just so it's just so good. I love that part where he goes into Iron Man's suit and stuff. It's so
0: oh yeah. Well
1: balanced. Like those guys fucking get how to write like multiple characters. And it's always I mean that's always a tricky thing. Like I definitely think Civil War in my opinion was better than both of the Avengers films, just because I think those guys oh, get multiple man. characters, they can just, like balance them.
0: That, they yeah, know when to throw in like great comedic
1: moments and when to take them away.
0: Yeah. It it I was just like it's just it's an incredible movie. Um they Yeah, I don't know, you said it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, it's just like I this I just this is, I like I like I like the first Avengers movie a lot, but I feel like it does suffer from, you know, my one, the, my one gripe with like Joss Whedon style of writing is it's just a little too like sarcastically funny some of the time. I'm just like, oh, you smug son of a bitch, like get over it. Yeah, And there was a lot of that stuff starting to peek through in Age of Ultron. Uh, but you could tell disney was like man pick it up light a little lighthearted man come on let's go these they're looking for some fun like what are you doing you know like everybody's crying what's going on here <laughs> <It> <laughs> but um, but uh, you know the the russo brothers kind of did away with that school of thought um yeah. which i'm glad because because it was like sorry it, it was that dark night influence kind of bleeding into the marvel universe
1: well, yeah, I think that, what you the realism
0: the of it.
1: Yeah. Well, with Joss Whedon, he's always trying to like. I mean, not to say that this, this isn't like. I mean, he's always killing, trying to kill someone off. Like in both Avengers films, someone yeah. has died that has been a very cool or fun character. Like, yeah. I mean, Colson comes back in the Agents of right. Shield show, but I don't really watch it, so I'm not basing it off of that. But and then you have Quicksilver dies, which I thought was a poor choice, and oh, easily on they on. could have killed off War Machine, in civil war and it would have been a dramatic event and everyone and i would while watching them battle i thought ant-man was going to kill him by accident and i was just like oh my god like i don't know if i can handle like spider-man or someone accidentally killing him and when vision shoots beam and i was like are you fucking kidding me vision kills him and then when he's like you know towards the end when we know that that he is okay i was just like these guys get it man like i didn't come here to like watch my favorite characters die you know well, i just wanna, I, like, I didn't want to see that in this civil war i read the comic i'm fine with the way things play out in that but i just did not want to see that in this film and i was nervous the entire time watching this movie i was yeah. ready for a hero to die man and when it didn't i just yeah. like kind of got up after the movie and was like Whew, i'm glad to have them all still yeah, like i'm not exactly. a huge war machine fan but i'm glad he's still in this universe no, I'm, I'm glad as as
0: i like Infinity. i like the way they played it out because because as as super as these heroes are, they still their um, relationships towards people mean a lot to all of them. That's what the whole movie is about: is like maintaining yeah. the relationships that are important to you, and uh, and to see Tony Stark's, you know, like his loyalty and devotion to Rhodey, who is his like been his right hand man for years. You know, he's like his drinking buddy. He's his. He's as he's like yeah, is, wingman. He's as, you know, he's the ace to his Maverick or whatever.
1: Yeah. And it's kind of like the weird thing with like Bucky and Cap because they're like best friends. Yeah, exactly. Cap has left of that old world that he's not. Yeah. Like, you can't help but root for Cap. You also like feel for like Tony Stark too. Cause I mean, like, I don't yeah. think he's wrong and like why he wants to do what he does. And like, does it need to be re- rewritten? Yes. Yeah. But it's like, I get like when, Tony Stark is trying to convince Rogers to come over. He makes a lot of sense in a lot of it. It's just caps, just too good, and things can go wrong. Like we saw what happened in Winter Soldier, you, you know? Yeah, yeah. He's still scared or afraid that, you know, what's behind this? Is Hydra, is there this other villainous thing that I'm going to have? The fight, like, does Captain America want to fight forever? I'm sure he doesn't. I'm sure he would like to, like, right. go out on a date with that lady that he like pseudo hooks up with, you know. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, by the way, that scene when he kisses her and they're all in the uh, car, loved it. Those are like yeah, you boys. Yeah. Just that was great. That's exactly dead.
0: what I said. I was like, those are us fucking dudes, man. <laughs> like, and uh, you yeah. know,
1: I, I, it's just such a great movie, and I'm glad the way they handled everything. I'm glad that, like, spoiler alert, that they didn't kill off like Zemo or anything, because. That's one yeah. thing that bugged me about, like, earlier comic films. They were always killing off every well, I villain. Love, I love... It's like, there's these that. characters can come back. Like, yeah. if Zemo somehow in Infinity
0: Wars or wherever gets some superpowers, he'll be yeah. fucking
1: menacing his shit, man. That would be great. Don't kill yeah. him.
0: There's that There's that moment at the end where where uh, Martin Freeman's character, I forget what his name was, um, he's just like, we got you, you're done, that's it, your plan's failed, and, you know, yeah. like it's just like did they and yeah. then it just kind of like you're like what did the look on martin freeman's face is like oh fuck <laughs> yeah it's so good and i just i love it because you know they're it's a lot to ask the audience to show up to episodic like two to three hour episodes of things and how much going to the movies costs and everything it's a lot to ask your audience but it you know the benefits are well. Um, well-deserved when you go into a project with, like, a lot of love and and you break it down. Like, you really consider the story that you're trying to tell and not just the characters you're wanting to show or, you know, action sequences and stuff. Like, those things, you know, will, will be there. You know, well, those things are part of the balance to strike. You know, it's got to be fun, but it's also got to be worth a damn. And this, and Civil War is just like, I don't know. I can't even think of anything to compare it to. I just feel like it's, it's changed the game for even Marvel's own universe.
1: Dude, they fucking changed the game with winter soldier. In my opinion, and I was like, when civil yeah, war, I was, definitely. there was this apprehension that they can't, they can't strike lightning. Can't strike twice, you know, like it just won't happen. Yeah. And then they fucking did it, man. Yeah. Those fucking guys like, I'm, and then I'm, I'm really... like, Oh, is that going to suck now? But I'm like, no, they're going to blow that out of the fucking water too. It's going to be incredible. Like, we'll literally go see both parts of that film and just be like, I've seen the best comic book movie ever made. It's done. No one can beat this, you know? Yeah,
0: for sure. I'm really glad that Bucky, you know, um, has had like longevity through the series of films. Cause he's a, he's a cool character, but you know, like in the nineties, there wasn't a whole lot of talk about Bucky. It was just like Captain America was leading the Avengers and, you know, I mean, I'm sure Bucky popped up as much, but from the perspective, from like the Wizard Magazine collector perspective and reading articles, Bucky wasn't like the, at the forefront as much. But yeah. I always, I always really liked that character, because um, uh, everybody's got to have a sidekick, man. And yeah, uh, and I love, I just love what they did with him because he's he's went from being he went from being Marvel's like Robin type character to being being the Marvel Cinematic Universe's like Wolverine type character. You know, he's yeah. he's so he has so many dimensions and he's such a good dude, but he's a living weapon that's capable of horrible things. And <laughs> it's just like yeah. what dude? Like give give the Rousseau brothers the X Men or just let Disney fucking please, please please. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I
1: mean, the, the,
2: the,
1: I just, I don't know what it is. I mean, I don't even know that much about them except for like stuff that they've done, the the stuff I've seen and stuff right. I haven't seen. But I don't even know if these guys are like big comic book fans. I mean, obviously they get a lot right. of it, but I, I mean, even if they're not and they've read like two Captain America comics or something, it's like, yeah. but they know how to make a good movie and how to make interesting I mean, characters. I would, and yeah,
0: I would, I would definitely be surprised if they weren't. Um, community is rife with like comic booky type references and comic book style writing they're just you know they're 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 definitely like you know aside from being just great filmmakers they're 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 handling the franchises or these characters with a lot of love um and and i mean it just shows it's like they love they love their craft and now I mean, it's so surprising because it just came from TV mostly, but I I am so looking forward to the Russo brothers film that is outside of the Marvel universe. You know, what, what do they, what do they cook up? You know, what, you know, yeah. what kind of film would they do outside of this kind of thing? And I mean, obviously it would be similar, but you know, I don't know. I just, they're, it's, it's astounding what they did with these two Captain America movies and kind of like it's like they're playing with the big boys man they are the big boys now you know and like dc who used to be the big boys batman and superman are you know probably by a small margin a lot more famous than iron man captain america and spider-man but 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 those characters are trailing behind you know they're there's just oh well fucking done marvel you know it's just like you know, people see Disney as being this, like, huge umbrella kind of beast corporation that yeah. owns everything, which they kind of are and they do, but at the same time, it's just like, I'm kind of drinking the Kool-Aid here, man. Star Wars, we got a Star Wars movie coming out every year, and the Marvel characters are 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 the, the characters that, you know, they should be, and... And fuck, man, give Disney DC. Let's do it. Let's New World Order. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, I'm, drinking dude, that I, Walt Disney, I'm drinking that Walt Disney Kool-Aid, baby. Let's go. Listen, man, <laughs> as far as
1: I'm concerned, they're churning out good shit. And um, I'll go watch good shit all the time, man. Like, I mean, if yeah. they made a shitty Star Wars movie, I would see Star Wars no matter. But if, that, if Force Awakens was that bad, I would, you know, it'd be like, God, well, they don't have the magic, you know, so... Yeah. but it's just I don't know man like for me they're knocking out of the park it'll be interesting to see what the next one some yeah. I'm sort of worried but at the same time at least it's yeah. like he's reined in he has to produce like a fucking solid Star Wars movie yeah. after Force Awakens you know like they can't like they're going the... but they can't gamble too much you know
0: yeah. I, yeah I feel like I feel like he'll be he'll be well restrained by the by Lucasfilm and the story group and everything um I feel like that's probably going to hopefully that's going to be really good for him he he seems kind of like he's a company man to me because yeah. his because his personal films um, you know he's just he's he's really his personal films are all him you know like for better or worse and in my opinion more worse than better but I hate to like yeah. I don't mean a knock on the guy but it's just he really not my type of film but you know those are his auteur films those are his that's his voice he's allowed to have it but being under that star wars umbrella under that disney umbrella under that lucasfilm umbrella you know he's he's punching in every day to go to work and he's punching out every day and 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 so you know i'm i'm as not a big fan of ryan johnson i'm finding some some hope there in that kind of like corporate hierarchy which is something i never thought i would say But, um, (laughs) but, you know, it's, it's kind of like, you know, Star Wars is, 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 you know, it needs us to survive, it needs us to feed it. And so they've taken great precautions to make sure that that, that chain of, of supply and demand no longer should be interrupted by, you know, by how, how much the prequels just kind of deflated that series for so many people like people that I talk to I I mean everybody loves Star Wars but not everybody loves Star Wars and it's sometimes I can't contain myself and it'll be not an appropriate time to talk about Star Wars but we're not going anywhere until we resolve this issue (laughs) yeah so it's like it's you know sometimes that that I don't know. Sometimes that big, uh, supply, what do you call it? The big, um, you know, conveyor belts, uh, what am I trying to say? The machine. Yeah. Sometimes the machine produces a quality product, (laughs) but it's when you're, it's when you're dealing, it's when you're dealing with gold ingots here, not just copper pennies.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's been times like I've watched like, uh, director's cuts of films and just been like oh my god I'm so glad whoever the editor or the producer was on this was like no
0: I think that's one that comes
2: to mind uh
0: I think Richard Kelly is a great filmmaker but I think whoever edited the original release of Donnie Darko is the true the true uh the true genius behind that film um but anyway uh that is Civil War. That was Keanu. Um, of course, I'd like to continue the conversation <coughs> longer, but it's just about my bedtime. Yeah. Um, but this was camera noise. Thank you for coming back and listening. Um, we'll have plenty more news tidbits on all things Marvel and comic booky geeky uh, on the next episode. We're gonna get into some music <coughs> discussion <Yeah>. and. <coughs> My throat is drying out. I can't no longer talk. <laughs> <laughs> That's all we got, folks. You can connect with us on Facebook at facebook.com backslash camera noise podcast and also at soundcloud.com backslash superhouse podcast under the playlist camera noise. On Twitter at camera noise pod and email us at cameranoise at gmail.com.